Is this thing on? Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? Hello? All right, let's do this. This is episode number... Th- you know what? Let's, let's just skip that part. We'll do it next time. For some of you who are early listeners to the podcast and subscribed during our first round of episodes, it probably feels like it's been two and a half years since you've listened to the podcast. But if you're new to the show or your name's Brian Stevens, it really doesn't feel like much time has passed at all since episode four with our special guest, Joe Fitzgerald. For me, it feels like it's only been like maybe a month or two since our last episode. Time has flown by for me, and and there are a lot of reasons why. I mean, I've been busy with work here in the studio and on my live gigs, and that's kept me fairly busy. Uh, I have had some free time, time I could have done this podcast, but actually I was busy launching two other podcasts. One of them's a music-related podcast called Dial a Drummer, and we're doing episodes every so often. Going to get into a regular schedule on that one as well, especially when it flips over to be an audio only here in about the next month. Uh, But I also started at the beginning of this year working on the relaunch of a podcast I did back in like 2011 to maybe 2012, 2013 uh, called Suds and Buds. It's a beer discovery podcast, but really it's that's what we call it, but it's more like a, a, a podcast of, of just two guys that are friends talking about life, talking about how they grew up. Uh, it's, it's funny. Well, the co-host I have is a stand-up, professional stand-up comedian, and so uh, he makes it funny. I just uh, kind of push the thing along. Uh, so been working on those two podcasts, and both of those are going to get into a regular rotation now that uh, I'm back into that groove. I've also been working on a couple of really big projects, one of which is directly related to this podcast. Uh, but we're not quite ready to talk about that yet. Maybe in another couple of months, at the very latest, by the end of the summer. But it's a big project. Uh, the one I'm working on that's tied to this podcast and another big project I'm working on that's tied to the Dial a Drummer podcast. They're both educational, so you can start to get an idea. But the the biggest reason why it's taken me so long to get back to doing fader jocks Let me take you back for just a second and give you some context. I started podcasting back in late 2005 and went through 2008 to mixed results. Uh, We had as many as 5,000 downloads per episode of my music pro show, and we did 30-some-odd episodes of that, uh, a few other podcasts that I was working on for different clients. Uh, I briefly got back into it after a hiatus when I was working on Suds and Buds back in 2001. But that got derailed because of some personality conflicts and some scheduling issues with my co-host. So when I got back into podcasting in 2016 with Fader Jocks, it really was an experiment. And you'll see this is a common theme in my life. I want to see how much work would be involved in doing a weekly podcast during this new era of the podcast technology. It's really come into its own in the past few years. It seems like everybody has a podcast. 
I also wanted to see if I could find a voice for myself in a world where there are a ton of other podcasts, not just audio engineering podcasts. There are multiple podcasts for almost every subject you can think of. Well, surprise, in 2019, I still have that question to answer. But one thing is for certain, I didn't think that the format and the purpose I'd originally intended for Fader Jocks was going to work, not going forward. I I really like those shows. There's a lot of great content for you there that hopefully is helpful. But uh, for a whole lot of reasons that I won't go into here, I didn't think that that format and the way that I interviewed people there was going to work long term. So after a ton of soul searching and weighing out what my real goals were for this podcast, I came to this conclusion. I want to be of service to you and present actionable information every single episode. Things that you can actually take away and do something with today. I mean, I still plan on spotlighting audio engineers, musicians, producers, and everyone else that's tied to this industry. That's not going to change. And I want them to share their stories with you so that you can see there's no one path to success when it comes to working with audio. A success is what you define it to be for yourself. Uh, Let me say that a second time for myself, because I'm rediscovering that yet again this year. Success is what you define it to be for yourself. Don't let anyone put ideas or preconceived notions into your head about what success looks like. You need to define that for yourself, and after doing so, also give yourself permission to change your mind at any time. That's okay. Times change. Circumstances change. The world around us is in a constant state of change. So what we want for ourselves and how we choose to go about doing that should be able to change too. In some cases, not changing means the death of any chance to be successful at all. Back in 1990, I graduated from high school and had dreams and tangible plans of becoming this crazy long-haired drummer in some famous hard rock or heavy metal band. Had I held myself resolute in that goal and vowed to keep working on it until I achieved that goal, none of my life from the last almost three decades would have actually happened. I certainly wouldn't be sitting here today in my own commercial-grade studio that happens to be in my house doing a podcast like this for you. I wouldn't have opened my first freestanding commercial studio 20 years ago as of this month. I wouldn't have gotten to work on the thousands of recordings that I've worked on since that time. I wouldn't have gotten to work with all these cool, creative people that I've had the privilege of knowing and working with, and I don't think I would actually still be in this industry at all, if I'm honest. I'd probably be like an administrator of a hospital or a CEO of some sort of tech company by now. But I'm here now, doing the cool creative music and audio work that I get to do every day 
And hopefully if people keep hiring me to work on their projects and play on their gigs, I'll be doing this for at least another 20 years. So just like I changed my mind about what I wanted my life to look like and what I thought success meant to me, I needed time to decide what I wanted this podcast to be for you. And after enough time and soul searching, that's how I decided what this podcast would become for us both. For you, I plan on being of service to you in every single episode. I want you to be able to take at least one, if not 10, actionable takeaways with you that you can use to achieve your own version of what success means to you. In terms of format, I'll still have guests and we'll still be doing interviews and conversations with them, but I also plan on doing episodes like this one, where it's just you and me. And we'll talk for a few minutes about a topic related to audio, music, business, technology, or any other thing that is involved in this industry. We'll dive deep on these very specific topics and unpack them in a way that might otherwise not be possible in a standard interview format. So I appreciate you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I would appreciate your feedback and your questions, either through email or social media. Uh, the email is faderjocks at gmail.com. Uh, social media is pretty much faderjocks everywhere. And I want you to think of this whole podcast series as a conversation that we get to have together with other people who are interested in the same sorts of things that we geek out about, the same sorts of things that we both worry about, and many of the things that we find wonder in when it comes to music and audio. I'm on the journey with you, and I appreciate you for deciding to lock arms with me along the way. So with all that being said, let's drop into today's topic. So today we're going to talk about becoming a church sound guy. Now, you may be asking, Brian, why would I want to become a sound guy or some other sort of audio engineer in a church? Well, you got that question unless you're already one. In which case, this episode might help you actually rediscover why you decided to do that sort of work in the first place. And as we go along, you'll find out what I mean by that. First off, there's a ton of opportunity for audio engineers in the church world. Many churches are not staffed by trained, seasoned, or qualified audio people. Most of your churches under 1,000 members are at the mercy of volunteer assistance. Uh, let me give you some context. I've been doing work professionally for churches uh, part-time uh, as a contractor, freelancer, since the mid-90s. Back in 1996, I took a job on Sundays and some other days playing drums at a local community church that at the time only had a couple hundred members and eventually it got closer to a thousand. And I was playing drums primarily, and we had a guy named Stan that was our sound guy. Now, I'm not using real names for this to sort of protect the innocent, but all the details are the, the absolute truth. And uh, Stan, was he was probably the most dependable, reliable person you'd ever want to meet. He was there before any of us would be there on Sundays. He'd be there during the week working on uh, equipment or cables or 
Uh, he would take other jobs that needed to be done around the church that were related to audio and some other multimedia, and he would do those kind of things. But there was one real problem with Stan the Sound Guy. Stan the Sound Guy was uh, almost completely deaf in one ear and about 75 or 80% deaf in the other ear. I kid you not. Uh, and we always had a problem with getting either the sound of our monitors, even when we moved to Avions, the sound of our monitors just never was right. And having been out in the audience for other kinds of programs that I wasn't playing on, uh, it never really sounded good in the in the audience from their perspective. And it wasn't until several years into this that Stan had actually confided in me that he could barely hear. And I was kind of shocked at first. I wasn't shocked uh, that he was... Uh, that he was such a dedicated member of the team. I was shocked that he got tapped for doing audio. But back in that day, he was the only one there. And that's maybe not the deaf part, but the uh, not necessarily trained and not having a tuned ear. Those parts definitely are very common, especially in smaller churches. And so uh, that's something for me that at a certain point in that gig, uh, somewhere around maybe 2003, 2004, I'd been there for a while playing drums and, and working on live worship CDs and things like that. Uh, I decided, you know what, how about I go out front for a while and see if uh, I can use my skills and my ear to make all of this experience better for the musicians on stage so they could do a better job and the audience or the congregation on the other side of the microphones to help uh, enhance the worship experience. And uh, so I've got someone to sub for me on drums for about six or eight weeks. And uh, I just spent my time out there and it was under the guise of, well, we're going to see if we can make some improvements and do some training, and that way we can raise the game everywhere. Since I was the most qualified to do that sort of work, it only made sense. We were also expanding into things like podcasting and all sorts of other multimedia content. So uh, being the resident expert on that stuff, it only made sense. And um, so I did that for about six or eight weeks. We got a lot of the stuff uh, really dialed in, really working great. But of course, once I went back to my position as the drummer every Sunday, uh, it very quickly deteriorated because there wasn't someone there that could uh, take that standard and take all the things that we had set up and continue those on a consistent basis. Uh, Stan did not have the skills or really the ears to be able to make these calls that needed to be made. And uh, that was the first time that I really realized the need that the church had for qualified audio people. Uh, as it so happened for me, I wasn't going to get paid what typical audio people would get paid in that situation, which is a lot more than musicians, um, unless I went somewhere else. Because in the mind of that church, I was just their drummer that happened to also be an audio engineer. So eventually I left there in around 2004, 2005, and moved to another church just from the jump as their head audio, A1 is what we usually call that, their head audio guy. And uh, that started this whole career uh, or 
income stream for me that um, has tacked on to all the things that I do. And I continue to do it to this day. I'm recording this podcast on a Saturday, and uh, I will be running town tomorrow at uh, Roswell United Methodist Church. And every Sunday for their contemporary service, I'm doing that. For nine years, I was at uh, Peachtree Road United Methodist Church. I was their AV coordinator, their main front of house mixing guy, pretty much the guy that anything AV would come to. And although that was a part-time position, it would take anywhere from 15 to 50 hours a week, depending on the time of year. So that raises my second point of why this is important and you should consider it. Uh, Especially in the South, churches have become one of the places where audio and now video have blossomed in terms of the scope of what they're trying to accomplish each week and how they're trying to present their message in this entertaining and engaging way. Many churches now are formatted in some flavor of contemporary worship style that's got a rock edge to it, uh, or alt-rock, indie rock edge, and that requires a full band and usually multiple vocalists. And now the requirements of this world of church worship music and all of the other kinds of presentations that happen in those venues, if you take a look at them from just their requirements and the scope and scale of what they're trying to do, much of what you see, especially in some of the larger churches uh, that are thousands of people in membership, uh, those look a lot like the live gigs that you would see in clubs and theaters and touring or traveling productions, and even, in the case of Atlanta, uh, even some stadium-sized venues. And those requirements uh, are not anything like a typical volunteer could spearhead or execute on. So there's a ton of opportunity. This is a still a growth industry in a lot of places in our country. Uh, thirdly, if you already have a freelance audio engineering gig, you know, working mainly in one locale, either one zip code or one city or like in the case of Atlanta, one large metro area, then um, churches can become another income stream that can help round out your week and provide some stable weekly income that you can count on and build the other parts of your career on top of. Like I said earlier, uh, for nine years, up until the beginning of 2018, for nine years, I was the AV coordinator and A1 and front of house mixer, pretty much anything that had to do with audio. I was that guy at Peachtree Road United Methodist Church down in uh, Buckhead, which is um, in Atlanta proper. It's the the actual city limits there. And uh, their congregation role, their membership role was about 7,500 people. And our main worship space was maybe about 1,800 seats. And then we had multiple venues around the campus. It was a huge campus. And uh, on any given week, on any given Sunday, we would have two and sometimes even three different kinds of worship services going on across campus. And then there were concerts, there were special events, there were uh, all kinds of different theatrical presentations that we would put on, Uh, just a lot of work to do. And uh, it was a very lucrative job 
for the time that it lasted. They paid me very, very well to make that one of my priority gigs from week to week. It wasn't a full-time gig, didn't have benefits, but uh, they made sure that uh, they paid my, uh, my card rate so that I would be able to make them the priority week to week. It was a great opportunity, and since moving on from that, I'll run sound in churches and not take nearly as big a leadership role, uh, or I do a lot of consulting on the side for AV contractors that are putting in sound systems and video systems in churches all over the country. Uh, it's a great side hustle if you want to use that particular term. I don't like it that much. I like income stream, but uh, however you think about it. So now, before you decide to go out and start hunting down your first church sound gig, you need to ask yourself a few questions. And this is the actionable part of this episode this week. The first question you need to ask yourself is, do you like going to church or being in church? Or could you at least stand being in church at least once every week? I leave space there so you can really think about that. There's some people I know that are just not built for that. It's not an environment that they like. It's not particularly that they're atheist or they have something against church, but it's not a place that they're used to be in. It's not an environment that some people feel comfortable in. Some people honestly come with some baggage to the church, uh, maybe baggage from when they were much younger, maybe an experience they had at another church. And so before even beginning to look for a church gig, you need to ask yourself, is this an environment where I'm going to thrive? Do I like being in this environment? Do I maybe even get something out of it? If you're not a Christian, and believe me, there are plenty of non-Christians that I know that are audio engineers in these kind of venues. If you're not a Christian, is there some other thing that you get from it that maybe feeds your soul or edifies something about? Maybe it builds you up in some way. Uh, do you enjoy the people and uh, the, the conversations that you have and the folks that you get to shake hands with every week? Do you think that you're going to like that? Or do you already, maybe you go to church somewhere and you enjoy that? It's an important question to ask, because if you don't like being in churches, if you don't like being around church people, if you have some bias against churches, there's really no point in going down this road. Uh, another question you can ask is, do you already go to a church that has a need for a sound guy? Sort of like the one I talked about before. Or do you know of a church that has that kind of need? As your survey in the landscape of your particular town, your locale? Uh, do you have people that you can talk to, maybe musicians or pastors or people that are very involved in their church? Can you uh, maybe do a little bit of a survey and see, is there a church in your area that's looking for a sound guy? And that's a great first step into moving in that direction. Find out where those opportunities are. Because believe me, if you just walk into a church and go, hey, I'd love to run sound for you and I want to charge you money for it, you're going to get some pushback from it. Either because they already pay someone and they think he's fabulous, or they've already got a volunteer or a team of volunteers that are very invested in their position in that organization. They really uh, maybe have taken some extreme ownership to the point where it might be a bit of a rub for you to just 
come blasting in there and I can show you guys how to do this a whole lot better. Yeah, look for where the opportunities are. Go to where the opportunity is as opposed to trying to maybe chisel your way into an opportunity. Uh, next, are you willing to volunteer to church for like a year before you make money anywhere else? If you're not a part of the, the church world or you don't spend time in there, uh, you may need to volunteer at a church for a while to learn the minutia of the church, uh, understand the culture and the people and the language and the way that they relate to each other so that you can maybe morph your approach to dealing with people into something that fits in that world. Being a musician that also plays in churches, I've seen plenty of times and places where uh, sound guys have maybe been in that situation, but they didn't have the right temperament for it. And for whatever reason, the church kept them there. They kept paying them. Uh, but maybe they were a little gruff. Maybe they didn't know how to really speak to people. Maybe they didn't, in one the case of one audio engineer that I worked with for a few years, uh, he worked five nights a week in a club, and he brought the same club attitude, the same club language, the same club uh, dress and persona. He brought all of that into the church with him. And as much as the church likes to say that they want you to come as you are, especially if they're going to pay someone, you sort of have to be able to at least slightly fit into their, not their mold, but get in between the lines of what people look like there, how people talk, how they relate to each other, how uh, you dig in and become a part of that culture. So if you're not already a part of a church, maybe you need to spend some time volunteering at one. Uh, and then once you've really got a handle on all those things that we talked about, then maybe you start looking for opportunities in other places. For me, I was in a place originally where I was the drummer and I was very valuable to them as their drummer. And even though I had these other skills and I helped bring the team up to a new level and we made a lot of great improvements in equipment and uh, the implementation of it, uh, I had to go somewhere else for me to start my sideline career as a church audio engineer. And maybe that's what you need to do. So the next question, do you already know someone who currently has a church gig that you can go and shadow them for a while, or maybe you could sub for them? If you've got a lot of live sound experience in other venues, uh, but maybe you're not ready to take a position at a church, maybe there's someone you know that is the front of house guy at a church already, and you can go and shadow that person for a while. Maybe you do it for a month. Maybe you go in and volunteer. Like we talked about in the last question, you volunteer for a while to uh shadow that guy, be his A2, be his assistant, and really see how all of this works. You can really ramp up your progress towards that if it's a goal. If you get the opportunity to spend time with someone who's really good at audio mixing for that those venues, that environment, and that also is a good people person in that environment. And the last question that some of you guys should probably ask Am I already a musician at a church currently? And do I see any kind of opportunity to transition to the other side of the room? 
that's what happened for me. I was very comfortable being the drummer in my church gig situation, but I got uncomfortable enough with not having what I needed to do my best work that uh, I sort of decided, you know what? It's time. It's time for me to get on the other side of the room and see how, from my experience as a performing musician, how can make the experience for musicians on stage uh, one where they had everything they needed to do their best work. Really super important. So depending on how you answer these questions, working as an audio engineer in a church setting may be for you or it may not be for you. That's okay. But here's the real kicker. You can change the word church for the name of any other type of audio engineering opportunity in those five questions. Go go ahead and try it. Instead of church, try studio or nightclub or TV station or movie set or any other venue that you can imagine. These questions work for those places too. So what you're really diving into is an assessment of what sort of work environments and use cases would you enjoy engaging with your skills in audio engineering? Where are the places other than the one you're in now that you might want to take those skills and work? So many young people that I meet are only thinking about the music that they enjoy listening to or writing or recording. Maybe that's a best case scenario. Maybe that's your top line dream to be, uh, you know, a star audio engineer for some, uh, you know, big name artists or a Grammy winning. I mean, you can insert any of your goals that are incredibly lofty. Please do set those, but don't limit yourself, especially if you have a passion for working with audio in whatever shape or whatever format it may take. By not thinking of uh, other venues, whether it's churches or nightclubs or movie sets, any of the places where people need audio engineers who do great work, you may be missing out on some of your greatest successes and your most stable income. So I guess if there's a maybe a tertiary question to ask yourself that's outside of those five that I outlined. It's, uh, do you really have a love for audio in all of its different and varied forms? If you love working with audio, whether it's the spoken word, uh, rock bands, classical music, uh, I just got through spending four months working on an opera record, and I don't listen to opera very much, but I love working with audio. So working on this opera project has been an incredible challenge for me. It's not something that at any time I've been like, well, this kind of sucks. No, uh, you know, for the most part, man, I've been incredibly excited to work on this opera project. It's unlike anything else that I've ever done. And so if you're one of those kind of people that just really loves working with audio, it's worth experimenting and exploring all of these other possibilities. So go back and write those questions down. They'll be in the show notes if you didn't have an opportunity to write them down. I hope you find this incredibly valuable. Before we go, let me encourage you to visit our sponsor for this week, Session Ace. Session Ace makes a line of some of the most amazing universal fit in-ear monitors that you will ever stick in your ears. They're incredibly comfortable, and the fidelity on these, as someone who's bought 
pretty much every brand of universal fit in-ear monitor, pretty much from $99 on up to almost a thousand bucks. I can tell you that the Session Ace in-ear monitors are the best that I've ever, ever put in my ears. Session Ace also makes a whole line of high fidelity earplugs, and there's a whole bunch of other uh, items that you'll see in the catalog that are all music and audio related. So swing over to sessionace.com, check out the products, and here's what I'm going to do for you guys that are listening, guys and girls. If you will put the promo code FADERJOCKS into your shopping cart as you're checking out, you'll get an additional 10% off anything that you buy. So use the promo code FADERJOCKS to get 10% off everything at sessionace.com. Make sure you subscribe or follow us across all the social media platforms. Uh, I don't think we're on YouTube yet, but that's about to change. Um, we're pretty much fader jocks everywhere, Instagram and Facebook especially. And we have a Twitter that occasionally there's some stuff up. Uh, but those are great ways if you've got any kind of questions, if you want to um, send a message to me, those are great ways to do it. Uh, if you want to hashtag us while you're working on whatever you're working on. Just hashtag us Fader Jocks. Hashtag Fader Jocks. And that way I'll get to see what you're working on and maybe we can talk about it. Uh, you can also email faderjocks at gmail.com. If you get any questions, if you got suggestions for topics or guests, uh, if you'd like to be on the show, if, if you're doing something professionally in the world of audio, no matter what it is, and you'd like to be on the show, send me an email. We'll definitely talk about it. Maybe we can set something up. Uh, and the biggest thing you can do to help as we get back into doing Fader Jocks every single week is tell a friend, share this episode or any of the other episodes in the back catalog, and come back next time for the next episode of Fader Jocks. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed hanging out with you, and I guess I, I'm about to hit stop on the recorder, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>